0: And uh, we're live, we were just st- talking about I'm here uh, with a, a new uh, a guest, welcome everyone here to the Fashion Matrix, another episode. Man, we have been talking for more than one hour, god damn, there's so much to talk about dude, like this guy is phenomenal. <laughs> to give you like a background story guys, uh, I've been following Oscar, Oscar for, uh, I don't know, for about f- four to five months, I found him on Instagram and, I made a click with him. It was like love at first sight. <laughs> Man, I, I literally, I clicked with his teaching so much and uh, I was literally like, damn, I, I have to, I have to find a way to connect with him. And uh, like I I always tell you guys, never make an excuse. So that's why I wanted to bring him here to the, to the Fashion Metrics podcast. And probably I will do more things with him because there's so much this guy knows I respect you and I respect him so much, even though I, this is the first time we ever talked. The first time we ever talked, right? So without any further ado, welcome, brother. And let's just keep talking. We've been talking for now
1: more than one hour, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Thank you, Pablo. And it's awesome. I think we could talk for, I don't know, many, many hours, for days on end <laughs> um, of all of these these similarities, these ways that we've learned um, yeah very similar things in the past that our lives have taken i gotta say i love the stuff that you do thank you brother. um yeah there's so much depth to it which i think is one of those things that that people overlook when it comes to fashion and when mm-hmm. it comes and the fact that we live in this world of fast fashion now, right ah oh,
2: fuck yeah it's um, a crisis so right?
1: yeah. so it's funny because people <laughs> they they give away their own identities of who they are within themselves Mm -hmm. to be changing with the seasons, according to what they're told they're supposed to look like. Right. And when I, when I see what you're doing, I see how it's really about helping people connect with their deepest core, their essence and bring that out into their fashion.
0: I'm glad Um, you noticed brother.
1: I absolutely, absolutely. It's um, so to tell you i have i've had a couple of friends that have been very involved in interested in fashion as well yeah. one of my friends from from the east coast is uh, a costume designer now for these oh wow in new york city for all these off broadway plays and mm-hmm. and uh, for years he and i would talk about his interest in in clothing design and in fashion and costume design and all these different things yeah. and and that gave me a real appreciation for yeah. the kind of thinking that goes into design and that goes into yeah. the way that people express themselves through their, their clothing.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's beyond, yeah. It's, it's, it's beyond whatever people think about. So, uh, absolutely. But you were saying – I'm sorry to interrupt you, brother. You, you, you no, were telling no. me a story that I'm very interested in about martial arts. Uh, you've been okay. into martial arts for, what, 12 years
1: or so? I've been – <clears throat> no i've been in the martial arts for 31 years oh 30, god damn. um it's gonna be 31 years this this year uh i started when i was eight years old and i'm gonna be 39 um this may but martial arts has been one of my lifelong passions and mm. i remember being a little kid being about four years old is the first time i remember seeing anything related to bruce lee
2: hmm
1: yeah and growing up at home the way that it was in my house my mom hated violence any kind of (laughs) violence right hated it we couldn't watch it we couldn't but i was always making nunchucks out of anything i could get my hands (laughs) on and and i'd have to hide them because if she found them she would take them apart yeah but so i used to beg her mom put me in karate, put me in karate, put me in martial arts, put me in something. Yeah. And she refused to, and she would tell me in Spanish all the time, no, si ya eres muy pelonero, ¿para qué te voy a dar a algo que, <laughs>
0: yeah. que
1: te va a ser más pelionero? So Yeah, said, well, no, you love to fight a lot as it is. Why am I going to put you in something that's going to make you more violent?
0: A lethal weapon.
1: <laughs> right. So when we were, we were uh, at a YMCA, When I was eight years old and we were leaving the YMCA and there were these flyers that had in big, bold letters um, a phrase. And they said, does your child need discipline (laughs) in big, bold letters? Right. And I've always been very uh, intellectually hungry, too, I guess. Um, I learned really quickly. So in school, I'd get into trouble because I'd finish all of my work before other kids did. And then I'd start trying to find ways to keep myself entertained. Yeah. And so I'd end up getting in trouble, right? <laughs> so my mom heard over and over and over again since I was little that I fought too much and that, and that I needed discipline. Yeah, yeah. So when she saw those flyers, she picked them up and it was like a little light bulb went on in her head. And like, yep. Yep. And so that was when she first put me into martial arts. And my whole life has been, um, has been the weaving together. Of two paths of spirituality and of martial arts and there's many places where those paths intersect in my exactly
0: I, I remember I remember uh, jumping into one of your live streams on Instagram and it resonated with me so much you were explaining how you must discipline yourself because I mean for those that don't know uh, you know that my, my podcast is really just you know talking and there's not uh, such a structure where like oh welcome man What do you do for a living? Like, we're just going back and forth. But um, there's a lot of, I think, bullshit going on right now. There's like an awakening in spirituality for people. Now there's more uh, opening to those uh, subjects and, you know, yeah, witchcraft, occultism, mysticism and all that. But at the same time, I see a lot of misleading things, you know, people just uh, misleading others and a lot of bullshit. And I remember you, I think it was last week or something like that, you were saying, okay, Yes, you need to be spiritual. You need to gather the energy and uh, discipline yourself. So would you say that there's a connection between the
1: martial arts and even spirituality? Absolutely. I think there's a massive connection between martial arts and spirituality. But but at the same time, I think that a lot of mediocre martial arts Mm -hmm. have used spirituality as a marketing ploy, Mm. at least since the 80s, if not longer. So, you find a lot of schools that are out there that talk about teaching people responsibility, teaching people respect, teaching people all these different things. But it's just window dressing. Yeah. Because you have to find the teachers that really embody that weaving together of a spiritual path and of the physical aspect of martial arts. So, my organization is called (laughs) Tending. tending the fires and the reason um one of the reasons that it's called tending the fires is because i've been using that as a metaphor with my martial arts students for the last mm. 15 years um 10 years oh so and, what what What? what is it and do you teach martial arts as well yeah i do wow uh, and and it's a part of the stuff that i do with the clients that i work with one-on-one it's mm-hmm. part of the spiritual work wow so through movement through breath and through uh finding stillness or wordlessness yeah. i help them connect and deepen their spiritual awareness that's amazing but but it's like we're gonna get into talking about the the and you cannot have the spiritual develop without the physical or vice versa totally but it's also a seeking of truth mm-hmm. for me martial arts was always was always about finding what is true to martial art. And mm-hmm. so martial art by essence, is the arts of Mars, the arts of war. Exactly. Yeah. And there, there's this misconception that I see among a lot of people out there, that you can learn these, let's say forms or fixed patterns or, or whatever, and, and get a black belt, and that you're going to be able to protect yourself. If you've never been into a fight, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, where, where I grew up, I would see, you know, I'd be training in, in the martial arts dojo and then I'd go home and I'd see these little cholitos just (laughs) like beat the shit out of kids with black belts. Right. Whoa. really? (laughs) Damn. Yeah. Because the kids with black belts had never actually been in a fight. Exactly. Exactly. So, we are talking about the, the
0: experience, right? Like, there's a different dimension of wisdom and intelligence. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to say it to uh, – let's just say it because this is something that I teach only to my students. But I, I, I've been teaching, like, there's four dimensions of, of uh, reality. One is the, the, the mental reality, the mental realm, yes. right? Just pure intellect. And the other one is the physical aspect, which is
2: yes. what
0: you were talking about. Then there's the emotional um yes. realm and then the of course spiritual. the spiritual realm so uh you, what you're saying what you're saying right now is just like it connects with everything right the, yeah how, how the hell can you be just focusing on one but then you don't if you know, if you don't experience it then i don't know how much you've read but if you don't ex- if you don't talk from experience
1: in my book that doesn't least, matter yeah you're a piece of shit <laughs> <It> doesn't <laughs> it matter i well, cuss a lot bro i cuss a lot that's <clears throat> it's all good man It's all good um it's one of those things that we live in a society now that that uh i call a spectator society Mm. people people think that by watching a thing they have some kind of authority in speaking about the thing Mm. but when it comes down to it if when they are tested they're gonna find that it doesn't matter how many hours of watching UFC they've done or how many, how many like fashion magazines or, yeah. or podcasts or shows they've watched. If they haven't actually gone out there and done the work themselves, yeah. then that knowledge they have is worthless. So yeah. people like to say knowledge is power. That's bullshit. <laughs> knowledge is potential power well knowledge plus experience equals wisdom which is power
2: i'm
0: gonna quote you on that
1: bro
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) um
1: but that's one of those things so with the martial arts that i studied i was always interested you know more and more um about what can be applied in a chaotic situation because a real fight is chaos yeah yeah, and the person the person that controls the fight is the person that has the best level of comfort within that chaos or within that uncertainty true that right and so so uh in the in the stuff that i train um another thing too is that i've been training for 31 years um when i was a kid we couldn't afford to pay for belt tests Mm-hmm. So, we, so we couldn't afford to pay for me to get the the new belts, the new ranks as we mm-hmm. ranked up. Yeah. And, and my first instructor, uh, my first sensei that I was with for like eight years, he would let me come and train
2: mm-hmm.
1: without getting the colored belts. So there came a time where I would have a, a lower rank belt but, but you were already a more, black one, yes, right. I had a lot more applied experience yeah, 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 than yeah. than the other people that actually came in with ranks. So at a very young age, I started um, disregarding the people that just show up with colored belts or certificates. Exactly. I started I started seeing that as something that's empty. Yeah. And and that has really informed the way that i see life in general like titles mm-hmm. titles degrees all of these things they don't matter if the person doesn't embody what they're talking about yeah. and there's a lot of people that are out there that have advanced degrees or that have certificates or titles mm-hmm. in whatever it may be but yeah. they don't embody what they're talking about
2: yeah that's true right? that's true
1: and so with this whole thing with martial arts as a spiritual path like I used to tell my students, you have to learn how to tend your internal fire because there came mm. a point where everything that I was studying was, was close quarter combatives was, um, the stuff that is taught in, in like special forces. Right. I used to teach tactical knife fighting seminars to law enforcement officers on the East coast, Damn. um, with, with my instructor, That's um, impressive. That's impressive. And, and we would go and we would teach, um, these, these like real world knife defense um seminars to people that were black belts they had spent 15 20 years in a certain art yeah and then we would confront them with the reality of what a street situation looks like Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and i'd say 9.9 times out of 10 their skills were worthless wow because they hadn't they hadn't tested them yeah right exactly and so, what ends up happening in all areas of life in the spectator society that we have, is that people accumulate knowledge and they accumulate these externalized, okay. um, these externalized um, accomplishments or or um, these like socially ac- accepted accomplishments mm-hmm. and titles, and they allow themselves to buy into the myth that mm-hmm. because somebody says that they are something, that they are that thing. Mm-hmm. And the more you base your sense of self-worth, your sense of power, your sense of experience on what the people outside of you say, the more you're setting yourself up for some really, really difficult situations when the reality hits you yeah. that you haven't actually put into application yeah, that's those true. things that, that you're supposedly learning. And so, so, um, I, you know, I spent my life training these different arts and, and I would tell my students the stuff that we're training has very serious physical and energetic yeah. and emotional components to it. Yeah. And there's a lot of power that comes with this. Yeah. Like there's an immense amount of power in knowing how to essentially deconstruct another person's body. Yeah, right. Tremendous. And if you do not root that power with some kind of spiritual practice, some kind of spiritual awareness, yeah. that power is a fire and that fire will consume uh-huh. you. Okay, okay. It'll burn you up and it'll burn up everybody and everything around you. Yeah, that's true. And one, one thing that I saw over and over and over again was that I'd be training with these guys, that are phenomenal martial artists that are like like guys that are being hired by by the government to go and train people in special forces and in different you know three-letter government agencies right whoa um (laughs) and and as martial artists these guys are amazing as as like physical warriors these guys are amazing but outside of that context many of their lives were very conflicted those, there was a lot of stuff that was that was like falling apart in their lives Man, that's um, yeah well yeah and and it's because it's because they didn't have a way to root that to ground that they didn't understand yeah. that they were feeding the fire and feeding the fire and feeding the fire without taking care of the fire without, without tending the fire without tending exactly. the fire exactly, exactly. Oh. so it's like that fire that that you cultivate in you as, as a physical warrior, as a spiritual warrior, because you can't be one without the other and be balanced, yeah. um, is a constant process, right? Yeah. You have to tend to your emotional wounds. You have to tend to your ancestral wounds. You have to tend to all of these different things so that that fire that you're cultivating that gives you power in the physical world doesn't yeah. consume you. Totally. Right? Because otherwise it becomes a forest fire yeah, and it burns down everything around you, right? And, and, it's and the way... It- it's scattered all over the
0: place as well right because it's something Absolutely. that i see also people are trying to do this but they're that and this and that because there's a lot of things that we can do now and people are not like what you're doing what you're teaching is like okay focus right and i don't know would, would it be fair to say that you are uniting all of these different paths into one with your
1: tending the fires you know what i would say so on the one hand yes <laughs> I am um, <clears throat> yeah. but on the other hand there's there's a tradition of this of course right? and and the tradition of it um, is in that whole path of the spiritual warrior right? yeah and that's an archetypal path it's a path that we find in in cultures throughout the world yeah right? totally um, but again, it's a path yeah. that That again, nowadays people love grabbing a label and ascribing a label to themselves without doing the work. Yeah. So I have I have personally a really tough time with um with accepting it when I see people walking around calling themselves spiritual warriors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because to me that entitles a certain thing. It means that you have an understanding of what it means to be a warrior, which is really an intimate understanding of violence and the violence within yourself. And you can't, you can't spiritually bypass that. You can't create it as a, as an invented um, thing and say, oh, well, you know, I know what it means to be a warrior if you've never really faced violence. And it's hard to say that to, to a lot of people. And there's ways, there's controlled ways of learning how to approach that. Totally, right? yeah. It doesn't mean you have to run out and, like, you know, do things like I did and, like, you know, go and train in the favelas in Rio de Janeiro just to yeah. see whether or not you make it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's. I, I tend to be a little intense. Why
0: don't you talk uh, – uh, let, let's talk about that because as, again, we were talking about for one hour and we were just going back and forth. You were explaining me your story. Now, uh, would you say that – because you've been – doing some crazy stuff right you were telling me the uh-huh. accident that you had and uh, uh-huh. just being like a rebel in your family uh-huh. and society and whatnot yeah. so would, i have a question for you would you say that it's necessary for your students or for people to go through those um struggles like they they have to go through it or can they go with you and get a mentor and what you're trying to do is try them to avoid that or what's your intake
1: on that what's your thoughts so, my my thoughts on that are that people don't need to go through the things that I put myself through. Yeah. Um, the reason that I put myself through those things is so that I have an understanding and an awareness that I can share with them, so that they can avoid yeah. having to go through the things in the way that I did. Exactly. But at the same time, when I work with people, um, I do expect them to push well beyond their comfort zone Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm.
1: you know um and and it's something that i i communicate to them early on yeah that we need to be able to grow beyond the boundaries of what we've been told we are and what we're capable of exactly um but there is a way to do that and still still be um Let's say nurturing about it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Still be, still be, um, because when I'm working with someone for me, that person's well being is my first and foremost concern. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, wanna, I wanna see the people that I work with grow in, mm-hmm. in the most powerful ways. I want them to connect with the essence of who and what they are. Totally. And bring that unique essence out into the world. Yeah. And in order to do that, a lot of the beliefs that were given to them need to get shaken up, need to get blown open. Totally, totally. You know? And that's chaos, right? I mean, that's a lot to, to take in for a
0: person. It's Sometimes it could be it is. really distressing. and, and
1: uh, yeah, It is. But that's another one of those processes of sitting in the fire, right? Oh, of, of being transformed by that. That fire, like fire, is such an incredible element, and it's you know from mm. the from the Toltec perspective, it's we we it's mm. we we from ancient or old mm-hmm. and built spirit. It's the oldest spirit, right? If we look at the the stories of the of the fifth sun, every single sun, the gods had to sacrifice themselves. So that the new one can be born where with is the only one that has never died. Exactly. Yeah. That fire is the only one that has never died. And so that fire as a metaphor is a very important one too. When people are working through their, their internal wounds, their shadow issues, their, um, their doubts and insecurities, it's very much like they're sitting in a fire Mm -hmm. and, and the point is to teach them how to be in that fire. And breathe through it and use it so that they can continue to transform themselves right yeah totally um yeah. and that fire is also this karmic fire it's burning up a lot of the things that need to be released different dimensions right? of, of energy yeah totally now
0: Absolutely. would you say i mean i probably i know and because of what you just said you don't like labels right you don't like being labeled <laughs> not. and especially if i mean if you're in the path of spirituality which is not even a path because i even when i say it i'm like but the path of spirituality like come on man <laughs> right, right. Uh, like a path requires a point a point b when you're in the spiritual right. thing there's no point a point b it's just the cosmos itself right but right. um uh so i know you don't like tables because the moment you identify yourself with something is like you're making you it stop smaller being that yeah current. but would it be fair to say that you are a spiritual guide a spiritual mentor because i want yeah the audience Absolutely. to understand, and I, I want—I mean, guys, I want you to go follow. I've been recommending your stuff for everyone since
2: Thank I've been you. following It's Thank really you. amazing. That's and awesome.
0: you're, you're you're bringing an awareness of something that it's being is getting lost. People don't realize your wisdom, which is the uh, old America's wisdom, right? The people, the first people in America, right? All yeah. oh, America, the ancient yeah. uh, the indigenous people and all that. It's yeah. like for me the simplest way of understanding it or
1: putting it out there is like the yoga of america (laughs) exactly (laughs) actually exactly and and the thing with that is that you know yoga comes from a tradition a cultural tradition that is thousands and thousands of years old yeah and and it's one of the um one of the like let's say originating cultures of humanity as we know it yep well the Toltecayot is Exactly the same. Yep. I mean, the the Toltecayo. We can say that the origins, right, of the of the Toltecayo, uh, are all the way back to when, when maize was first being cultivated, right, yeah. eight thousand years ago. Right? Oh,
2: yeah.
1: And and um you know, we were talking about it a little bit. I spent my life studying these indigenous spiritual traditions and participating um in in these ceremonies and learning from different teachers in these traditions mm-hmm. and and um there there is this unifying aspect to the Toltecayot that is so powerful because there are elements of it that exist from the southernmost tip of the Americas, from tierra del fuego in chile yeah. to the northernmost tip of alaska yeah. and and the old stories, not the histories. Yeah, the histories, fake news, man. Yeah, that's why the this is the fashion tough. matrix. It's
0: a fucking matrix. Exactly. Like, come on, damn. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so the old stories say that the navel, the belly button, yeah, right, of the world is in what is now Mexico.
0: Exactly. And, that, that's what and, it means, right? The name Mexico. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And so from there. Um, the culture, the energy moves out and it spirals up to North America, which is Anahuac, Mm -hmm. Mexico and North America, which is Anahuac, and then down throughout South America, which is called Tahuantizuyo. Wow. And between the two um, is Sen Anahuac, which means the great land between the big waters. And Mm -hmm. these traditions for the last 500 years have been, viciously attacked. These peoples of these traditions have been viciously attacked yeah, totally. through, through physical and cultural genocide.
0: Yeah. And that's true.
1: That's something that wasn't accomplished by the colonizers in places like India. So India has a living tradition that people know, but so yeah. does anawak Exactly. But people yeah. do not know it. Nope. And pe- people don't realize that it is an entire technology Of spiritual development, of the development of a human being, and it's a technology that's based on the understanding of the fractal nature of the universe of the cosmos.
2: Totally, damn.
1: The whole idea that like we are the microcosm, and we are um, connected to the macrocosm to that to the way that the the larger universe and the cosmos is. Yeah. So a lot of my work with people centers on helping them heal ancestral wounds. Mm. helping them heal intergenerational trauma reconnecting uh, right yeah yes absolutely yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely and so when we look at if we look at Sema Nawak as a body right with the belly button being Mexico yeah. and you look at your own body your belly button and up is what is the aspect of you that's connected to spirit Right. Yeah. Which in the in the toltecayot is represented by the quetzal bird or the eagle. Yeah. Your belly button and down is the part of you that's connected to the earth, to mm-hmm. matter, mm-hmm. to the instinct, to the animal aspect of yourself, which in the toltecayot is the serpent. Yeah. Right? And the whole mm-hmm. purpose of the toltecayot is learning how to bring together in harmony. That serpent energy and that ego energy to become Quetzalcoatl. Exactly, Quetzalcoatl. Right. People don't. People think that it is a god, but it is a possibility. It's not. It's yeah. not. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell people over and over again, these things that, that people consider gods is a very materialistic way of seeing the world. Yeah. And it's a way of seeing the world that has made us aliens in our own environment and in our own bodies. It has made yeah. us isolated from ourselves and isolated for, from everything else in existence. Yeah, that's true. Um, so Quetzalcoatl, I tell people, is a pathway, right? Yeah, exactly. but it's it's the same as the Christ is a pathway.
2: Exactly. Yeah,
1: you know, or the Buddha is a pathway. Exactly. And when people look at those things and they think, well, that's something outside of me that I could never come close to uh, and especially when they think i can never come close to that unless i go to somebody else that can be my intermediary yeah that's that is the foundation of mental emotional spiritual physical imprisonment
0: exactly man damn that's that's how they control you god absolutely
1: absolutely follow follow me my child
0: come every sunday to here and i mean and I will I control know. you because I have the power, right. and only I have it. And I will share it with you if you pay me. If you don't, I do oh, shit. Right,
1: <laughs> right. I mean, that's why the majority of the gold in the world exists in a tiny, tiny, tiny little area on the entire globe that is called the Vatican. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know. Yeah. And and uh, it's interesting because the more I've spent, you know, we were talking about this earlier. I started studying these traditions when I was 10 years old. I'm 38 mm. now. Um, and, and uh, I spent time with, with shamans, with teachers, with healers mm. um, from Brazil, you know, to, mm. um, to up here to North America. I live in Northern California now. Um, and across the board, there's a, there's a shared story. Yeah. And there's also a shared Type of art, mm-hmm. and a shared type of of building, you know. Mm-hmm. When people think of of ancient uh, Mexico, you know, they think of the pyramids, right? Mm-hmm. And and the pyramids, first of all, that's a colonized word for them. They're not pyramids; they're they're teocalli, right? Mm. Cali, Cali, from house, Teo, from Teot, from spirit, right? Teocalli, wow. houses is, of the spirit. I didn't know that, bro. That's amazing. Mm-hmm and and those places architecturally are still a mystery with our technology nowadays that's true right that's true so if you look at the teocalli in mexico and you look at the mounds of the mississippian mound building cultures Mm
2: -hmm.
1: here in the united states of of north americas you're going to find a bunch of astronomical similarities and a bunch Mm -hmm. of structural similarities there was a time at the end of what's called the classic period mm-hmm. of the Toltecayo of the development of the cultures of Anahuac where where the people just disappeared they vanished yeah yeah right and that goes throughout the entire
0: Americas right uh, they yes. just went away yeah
1: yeah and part of what they did in that time that has been unexplained largely um, is that they took a bunch of these Kali and they covered them with dirt, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is one of the greatest mysteries of, of humanity because as a civilization at that point, they were well beyond anything that Europe was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so you look at the mounds of the mountain builders in the mississippi area and you look at the art and the reason i tell you um i think about this is because uh because my mentor my my spiritual father mm-hmm. um is uh, is from a tribe of these mississippian mound builders wow um and he has tattoos um on his arm and and around his calves that look exactly like the art that we would find in mexico from these ancient cultures, right? Yeah. And so he and I have all these conversations about it, like um, about how, how there's this, this um, connection yeah, that's totally. like, that is unknown by the vast majority of people between yeah. those cultures and between these. But then I've also spent a lot of time studying and, and learning about the Amazonian tribes. Yeah. Right? And there are these overlapping stories across the board. Right. Like there's one of the stories of the end of one of the suns in, Mm -hmm. in the, in in the uh, Mesoamerican tradition Mm -hmm. is that the sun ended because that wave of beings of of what are humans now had fallen into decadence. Didn't know how to, how to um, really love what is sacred and honor what is sacred. Mm -hmm. Right so they started destroying the world they started destroying the planet around them right wow. sounds kind of familiar so, yeah i was gonna say and that. damn <laughs> and um and so one of the the creator deities the teot um or the teteo is tezcatlipoca mm-hmm. yeah. and, and Te, tezcatlipoca descended mm-hmm. to the earth yes. as a massive black jaguar as a ocelot. and when he fell mm-hmm. to the earth he was followed by by basically an army of jaguars and they destroyed that the reign of those people right wow. so so there's a story that comes from the ashaninka and the amawaka people of the upper amazon that is a story that's thousands of years old wow. where they talk about their people being dispersed mm-hmm. from the region that that they were in the most at that time because a giant black jaguar fell from the sky. Mm-hmm. Wow! Damn. And started dispersing the people. And these are two cultures that, as far as as we can think of, in terms of geography, they're totally in different. Term, in terms yeah. of, they're totally they're isolated from one another, right?
0: Yeah. So right. totally, totally <laughs>
2: different. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. But but when you're looking into all of these different traditions, one of the things that they share and they talk about over and over again. Is that the material side of us is only one part of what we are? Yeah, there is exactly. that material side which is called the tonal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and tonal, as it as it relates to everything, right? It's like um, has the same the same foundation as tonatiu, as the sun, right? Mm-hmm. So it's what you see, it's what you're conscious of and what you're aware of. Yeah. And then there is the other side that's the nagual, and the nagual is the mystery, is the unseen. It's yeah. that part of you that is traveling when you dream. Yeah. Or when you have a vision, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and that part of you exists independently of the body. Yeah. Right? Yes. So for the shamans of Semanawak, yeah, they were communicating with each other through that astral body. Exactly. I yeah, yeah, yeah I know about that. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Um this, this so is, they're
0: sharing these things. This is so 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 important in today's society because you know it's not perceived as school because of what you just just said that there's a vicious attack to this culture of, yeah. of the ancient America. And uh it's pretty sad because I think we we we, we need to make it like um like a trending topic, literally, and I love uh-huh. seeing someone like you who is cool, who is a, you know like a badass and all that. We're we were even talking about pickup for those that know about pickup arts. Like you are a real person. You're not like that. Oh well, yes, my son. Like you are someone that can pe- people can relate to because you have a lot of history to share, a lot of things to share, and. I really do love seeing someone like you sharing all of this knowledge to the world. And that's exactly why I wanted you on this podcast. And I'm going to share the shit out of this podcast because people <laughs> hear about this, the way that I think it, and throughout my studies, uh, people might not see me as a spiritual person because I'm into fashion. And there's a lot of misconception about fashion. People think it's uh-huh. just about uh, superficial things, but even to understand how it all started, which I'm not, I will not get into that, but how it all started has nothing to do with super, being superficial. It's about mm-hmm. uh, semiotics, symbols. It's about spiritual Absolutely. aspects as well. The first, the first attire, the first outfit was in the form of tattoos, necklaces, all because it had a spiritual aspect. So it Absolutely. has nothing to do with, oh, do I look okay? Do I look, <laughs> it's nothing to like, right. right? So I'm Absolutely. really deep into this. And throughout my studies, I understood that the only culture that shared the same architectural thing the same uh the same culture the the same disciplines the same how would you say the same uh, gods if that makes sense like the same culture the same things it was tolteca right it's the yeah. same throughout the whole america they shared the same thing now i was thinking about maybe christianity maybe even the, the hindus and all that it is like a it 's a religion or a form a culture, but within that culture there's many different paths right right like the judeo christian they have one path the jews then there 's path of the christians then there 's path of different schools in my understanding is the Tollte was the same architecture they were they were sharing the same thing, which is why we see connection between Mississippi and the Amazon and the Amazon is like, well, they are the same thing. And I think that's something that we're lacking in today's society, which is why I believe and I don't even believe, I know that it is something that we need to bring, right? We need people like you talking about this. We live in a world in the fashion matrix, I like to call it the matrix, where everyone is Uh just, uh, it's all about me, fuck you we're so different. And to see these cultures Mm -hmm. of ancient times that they were connected throughout the same the same thing they were all connected yeah. even though maybe they looked a little bit different because i i can mm-hmm. imagine that the mayas look different from the aztecs the aztecs look different mm-hmm. from, the, uh, uh, from the northern american cultures and they would look uh-huh. different from the amazonian people still they were connected they found a way to connect with the same thing because they found a different uh, dimension of understanding of reality and now yeah. i think people are just separating everyone is separating we see it in, in in united states of america as well right people like oh you know you're mexican you're wrong or, or you're black you're this you're like there's a lot of separation and if we bring if we bring this ancient knowledge of tolte i think we could
1: man we could do some great things yeah <laughs> right i i agree and and the thing is that like when, when we're talking about different people um they all had their own cultural expression and their cultural expression was uniquely tied to the land where they lived. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So yeah, like you could find someone that was like a Quechua person and -hmm. the way that they're dressed is going to be different than an Inca. And that's Mm going to be different than like, than a Chumash up here Mm -hmm. or a Karuk or uh, an Apache. Right. Um, And a lot of those names, by the way, are, names that colonizers have given to these groups of people all right like the aztecs their their name is the mexica yeah they right? didn't yeah exactly. um the yeah there's all these different ways that that these things are are misconstrued and and there's a lot of power to words and words cast spells they create worlds Abracadabra. that's right <laughs> abs, absolutely yeah. absolutely and so so a lot of our learning has to be unlearning mm-hmm. um but um What's beautiful about the Toltecayot is is the underlying principle. Like the Toltecayot is is unifying because it isn't a doctrine. Mm -hmm. It's Um, a living thing. It's living culture. That's That's true. And at the foundation of that living culture, there's this idea that we are all part Of a unified consciousness a lot of these things that are super popular nowadays in these spiritual circles right um, are actually the things that that the the Toltecs have been speaking about for a long time and a lot of it is about not getting attached to form or to the idea of of, uh, some kind of like certainty or some something that's fixed because nothing in life is fixed Totally, so yeah. even for example that, when people think Toltec, they think about the ethnic Toltec. They think about yeah. the people of Tula in Mexico. Yeah, but they? but a Tolteca was a man or a woman that was on a path of knowledge.
2: Totally. Yeah.
1: So there, so there were Zapoteca Toltecas. There were Maya Toltecas. There yeah. were Mexica Toltecas. Apache yeah. Toltecas. Lakota yeah. Toltecas. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, it meant a person that had that had made this commitment mm-hmm. to evolving as a form of consciousness to the greatest extent possible to connect with that unified consciousness that's, that's right? so, yes. so from the, there's there's um um this idea that that one spirit that unifies all things mm-hmm. in some in some places they call it senteot right mm-hmm. sen um from the number Se, which is one mm-hmm. dealt from spirit right so the one spirit that flows through all things mm. this is not a bearded man that's in the sky that's outside from you that you sit and you like mm. print. no this is it is the a force is it that, the same that, gets, as
0: ometeotl? this is it the,
2: the same no
1: co- that's 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 a little it is the same but mm-hmm. i'll we'll get into that yeah in just a <laughs> second so so senteot is to give people a good like pop culture reference, it's the force in Star Wars,
0: okay? Yeah, oh, right. yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that moves through all things, Prana, um, right? There's yes, yes, yeah. there's there's uh, or ashe for the Yoruba cultures yeah. of or um West Africa and all of their descendants here in the Americas, yeah. um, or um, the Dao, right? in mm, China, right. True. um, so. So there's senteot. Um another name for senteot is loke nahuake. And that means that which is far and near, and wow. that that for which we live or through yeah. which we live, right? Damn. And it's it's that because it evades definition, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's so big. Um I mean in the Lakota they they call it um um wakam right mm-hmm. um which is a great mystery
2: right
1: mm-hmm. um and uh and we find again throughout right this idea right that that it is this larger thing that everything is woven from yeah. um now ometeot is comes from a really really brilliant awareness yeah right that everything that exists in the world exists because there are polarities mm-hmm. yeah. right yeah. and and uh is where ometeot where the one becomes two mm-hmm. right so ome is the number two and then teot is spirit right mm-hmm. so senteot becomes ometeot and that is the masculine and the feminine mm-hmm. right yeah. ometeot there are two faces to ometeot one yeah. is omete kutli mm-hmm. which is the masculine the first masculine yeah, that, right? like first first lord or first father yeah. and omesiwat which yeah. is the first lady first mother right yeah, and right. between ometeot and Ome siwat, there is a third thing that gets mm-hmm. created because they're equal but polar forces yeah. right so so there's no gender inequality or there's none of that bullshit they're 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 equal but opposing forces yeah. and they attract and repel simultaneously
2: mm-hmm.
1: and between that attraction and repulsion movement is created yeah. right mm-hmm. electricity right. is created magnetism is created yeah. right and it becomes a third thing which is all of life right? exactly yeah so it's yeah. like Like if we look at our life, our life is the moment, our physical life as we know it right now exists between the poles of birth and death,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. right? Um, We understand hot because we have a relationship to cold. We understand Mm -hmm. night because we have a relationship to day. We understand, um, and it's not to say that things are binary. It's not that, but they're polar and Mm -hmm. there's a spectrum that exists between one pole and the other. Yep. Mm-hmm. right um and everything can happen along that spectrum yeah that's right? true everything does happen along that spectrum mm-hmm. um and uh and so we say ometeot at the beginning and at the end of of um speaking in that sense right with with having um um the sense of honoring the spirit and and like bringing the messages of the spirit into the world because through that ometeot ok, spirit becomes matter mm-hmm. right? the spirit can evolve evolve into matter mm-hmm. and in the old stories ometeot omesiwate ok, and o kutli, are the creators of, yeah, of people of everything yeah, you know?
2: yeah
1: um they created they exist in the 13th heaven which is called mm-hmm. and that's where they created all of what we what we can yeah, exist with now that's yeah that's so you dope know? now yeah uh, you you have just to wrap it wrap this up
0: because i know that you have you're very uh <laughs> busy and you have your clients <laughs> and whatnot but uh i hope we can do this again man just wanna, absolutely i don't know if you want to share this story or not because you were sharing it with me yeah. about like the breaking point that you had and how you were connected into this uh this path of spirituality and how you're able now to share all this beautiful knowledge and help people you know, heal themselves you're a healer basically right uh, you were speaking to me that you were in jail i don't know if you want to talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit or not because yeah i know people were gonna they're gonna feel like everyone is going through a struggle right? right i hear it with even even something as simple as fashion i see my my clients struggling breaking out of some bullshit that they're having that anger that they hold within themselves that opinions of others like oh i can't do this and they had a breaking point, and I think that you had a beautiful experience
1: uh, mm-hmm. I, I connected with. I was like, "Whoa, that's beautiful." Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I was uh, when I was like in my mid-teens, when I was like 16 to when I was 21, I went through a really, really hard phase in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, And during that time, I struggled a lot with depression.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and a lot of rage a lot a lot of anger
2: yeah.
1: um so there were a lot of things that i went through you know being being um the son of um of a single mother immigrant um from mexico to the united states mm-hmm. um and seeing a lot of ways that that um actually seeing a lot of and going through experiencing a lot of uh, emotional and physical violence, um, like growing up. Um, and, uh, and uh, all of that's very tied into the kind of, um, ancestral wounding that I help people deal with now. Mm Um, so my mom's an incredible, amazing woman, I owe everything to my mother. Um, And, um, and when I was a kid, um, I got to see the struggles that she went through with um, with my father, uh, Mm -hmm. who was someone that was basically torn up by alcoholism and by by this rage and and the rage found a home um through him with his kids with his family right um and so he was my parents split up when i was about 10 years old um and i grew up always feeling that that anger right that was related to the things that i had gone through with him and in my community and things that I'd seen. And it just, it built and it built and it built. And now there's one thing that, you know, some people might not know, but as a man in modern society, and especially as a man in a Mexican community, Mexican American immigrant community, the only emotion that you're socially allowed to have is anger. Because even if you're allowed to to be happy or express happiness, it's only to a certain degree before people start telling you, ah, no mames, cabrón, ¿quién te crees que eres? Yeah, you have to be tough. Like, who the fuck do you think you are walking around being all happy?
0: Yeah, that's true. Or being just fashionable. You have to be tough. You have
1: to. All of it. You do. You got to learn. Um, And a story for another time, but I had an an elder from one of the tribes up here tell me at one point, if you're going to be a leader, you need skin nine fingers deep. He said. And it's true for those of us, for people like you and me, they're doing what we're doing, you know? Um, but, um, but, So I grew up with a bunch of this, this anger, right? And, um, and when I was, yeah, like 16 through 21, that anger became my identity. And uh, it was the only place where I felt powerful. And I wouldn't let people see the other side of it, which was that I was massively depressed massively I felt totally alone and totally isolated there was a lot of shit that I wouldn't talk to anybody about that I could barely make sense of on my own Right, um, and so right around that age what happens you're carrying all of this wounding yeah. and and you've got nowhere to put it so you let it out on the world through being angry right mm-hmm. but every time you do something that's harmful to the world you're harming yourself as well right and so you're isolating more and more and more. And so the, cult, the curse, I would say, most definitely of, of, uh, of my family, of our people, of our times, is that we do not understand how important it is to know how to grieve. Mm-hmm. And our go-to for all the grief that we carry is to get fucked up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right? So you just throw a bunch of alcohol on it. Mm. so I started going down this really self-destructive path um and uh and then I threw alcohol in the mix and then I and then I threw other things in the mix and along the way um I figured that I didn't really matter to the world yeah like nobody gave a fuck right like yeah there was um there was my family, but there was a lot that I always carried that I kept from them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, so, you know, if I was gone, then, then it wouldn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I started, um, like really kind of, let's let's say dancing with recording this idea um of suicide
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but i would never do it outright right because if i did it outright then yeah. what would that do to my family right yeah so i started doing riskier and riskier things yeah. because if i somehow died of an accident or of whatever right mm-hmm. then and these are the the fucked up ways that you that yeah. you come up with in in your own mind to justify really yeah. just carrying a whole shitload of pain yeah and and not knowing what to do with it right? um and and again that cultural curse that we have of that right yeah. you can't let anybody know what you're going through you yeah. just got to choke yeah. that shit down right yeah um and pretend like whatever like you're the tough guy like it's yeah. not not hurting you. <laughs> um so all of this came together like came to a head when i was 21 um and, and that year i got into a whole bunch of trouble um i ended up in the hospital a couple of times um and uh just kind of in and out but but um for a couple of things that could have been a lot more serious than they were i was actually very someone's been looking after me you know yeah um or actually it's like it's it's more of a cast of characters but yeah. but um I, I know what you're saying brother yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> those that know but- know
1: that we carry an army with ourselves <laughs> like damn yeah we do <laughs> we do yeah um and so one night i was actually getting ready to go because i lived was born and raised on the border yeah. <coughs> excuse me i've no, got I this cold banner um but yeah. So I was born and raised on the border and this one night i was getting ready to to go down to juarez mm-hmm. with a friend of mine <clears throat> but we'd been drinking hard during that day um and at that and i didn't i didn't care man at that point because i yeah. thought i was just doing harm to myself right yes yeah. so we were on the way to another person's house and i lost control of my car damn, damn. i was driving too fast I had no business driving to begin with, but I was on this self-destruct trip, right? Where I was like, fuck everything, fuck the world. And more than anything, fuck me. Yeah, Yeah. And I thought that all I was doing was destroying myself. Well, I lost control of my car and I hit a curb and my car went through, um, a fence and the fence, um, well, my car skidded to a stop about three feet away from a power generator damn now i didn't find out until until later that what happened was that when my car hit the curb it bounced up and it slammed down on a boulder one of those like little landscaping boulders yeah and the and the boulder gutted my car the undercarriage of my car and the boulder stopped Stopped. stopping the generator because if if it would have just been the fence then i would have gone through the fence and right into the generator
0: yeah what are the chances of that happening though like it's minimum damn um and uh
1: and that night um that was the second time um that was the second time that i had gotten arrested for drinking and driving in that year but that night um i ended up going to county jail And, and, um, and I was, um, I had a a scar on my wrist that was fresh. Um, and the lady at intake asked me if I was, if I was going to hurt myself Mm, and I uh, said, yeah, if I was suicidal. And I told her, I said, you know what? If I'm going to hurt myself, you can't do shit about it. And she goes, really? Whoa. She goes, okay. Um, so they so they put me on what's called suicide watch, which means they put you yeah. in a little cell by yourself. Yeah. And uh, and I was in that cell, and it was like, it's hard it's hard to explain to people that haven't had an, an experience like this what it was. Mm-hmm. But it was like all of a sudden I had this vision. And this vision was, it was like a felt thing. It was in my body. And I was having something clearly communicating to me. And I was seeing the path that my life was on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the communication that that came through to me was, was that I wasn't going to die anytime soon. Mm but if I keep living the way that I was living, my life was gonna cause immense amounts of misery, not mm-hmm. just to me, but to everybody around me, yeah. and even to those that I didn't know. Damn. Right? So the imprint that I was leaving in the world was one of massive suffering, and massive pain, even though I thought I was just hurting myself. And um, And a part of that vision was that I kept seeing in my mind, this little boy. And I didn't know who the little boy was. And, it, and it's not like one of those, oh, it was my inner child. It wasn't that mm-hmm. it took it took me years um, to figure out what that was about. Yeah. And, and like years of ceremony and years of working with with like, really um, talented healers and teachers to finally be like, Oh, that's what that was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I kept seeing this little kid. And what I couldn't remember because the night was in chunks, right? And I I couldn't remember what the circumstances were around the accident. Mm-hmm. And I kept I kept thinking, what if I hit somebody? Yeah. And that was the first time it had ever really hit me like that, right? What mm-hmm. if my self-destructive bullshit behavior Kills led off. to me killing somebody innocent? Wow. Right? No. And all of a sudden the weight of all of that fell on me. And I realized. All of these stories that I have, that I'm shaping my life with, about how fucked up the world is, yeah. about how everybody's against me, about how unfair and fucking um, messed up and all of these things that I'm, that I'm living my life with are bullshit. <laughs> if, I, if I'm using them as an excuse. Yeah to put the lives of innocent people at risk.
2: Yeah.
1: And true. and uh I was telling you it was a really interesting experience because it was kind of like I was in this like cocoon of stories and all of a sudden I became aware right of all of these stories that had become my prison. And then it was like that cocoon like ripped open. Yeah. That's right? a great analogy. And and when it ripped open it like fell to the ground and I fell to my knees and wept and wept and wept and wept and I have no idea how long I was in there weeping but I was praying at the same time and I was pleading I was saying I don't care what happens to me just please don't let me have hurt anybody else just please don't let me have hurt anybody else and as I was going through this I, I thought I said you know what I'm going to, I'm going to like plead guilty to everything, whatever they, they have on me. I'm going to like, I'm fucking tired of living this way. I don't want anybody to bail me out. I don't want, I don't want anybody to get any lawyers. I don't want, I did this shit. And from here on out, I'm taking full responsibility of who I am and where I am, what I'm doing. Um, and, uh, and as I sat there just in that kind of prayer, Um, I had, again, this really clear awareness that said, you can keep going down this path and you're going to lead, your life is going to be a living hell Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or from this point forward. Like your life is a gift that we're giving back to you and the way that you become adequate for that gift. The way that you become worthy of that gift mm-hmm. is that you spend the rest of your life figuring out where this comes from where this fucking poison in you comes from and yes. you heal it and you dedicate your life to helping others heal that same sickness yeah um and um and that was the massive turning point in my life and and um i remember i went in front of the judge and I had five charges against me. And when he read the, the last charge and none of them involved hurting somebody else, mm-hmm. I just, I breathed this like massive sigh of relief. And yeah. he asked me, he said, he said, how do you plead? And I told him guilty across the board. And he looked at me like, what? Mm-hmm. And, and it was funny because there were 12 guys before me and they were all innocent. Right.
2: Yeah. Everyone was innocent. funny.
1: <laughs> right. And so he had gotten to me and I was at the very end and he was like, how do you play? And I said, guilty. And he said, really? He said, you're not even going to try. And I told him, I said, no, I said, I did what I did and I'm tired of living like this. Wow. And, and he said, well, he said, make up something, uh, anything he said so that I don't throw the book at you. And I told him, I said, no, you got to throw the book at me, throw the book at me wow i said but but i'm not i did what i did and he ended up dropping three of my charges and he gave me the minimum sentence for the two that he couldn't drop yes which turned out to be 60 days in jail in a in a in a county jail it was like yeah. minimum security wow. situation i just read a bunch of books did a bunch of push-ups and visualized what my life would be when i got out and and that day when they took me back they put me into my cell and then he transferred me to the cell next door. And I walked into the, the cell and there was a guy there that was reading a book by Carlos Castaneda called Tales of Power. Yeah. And without saying anything to me, like a couple hours later, this guy closes the book. He sits up and he looks at me and he goes, you need to read this. And he hands me the book. And I had read that book. I, not that book. I had read um, the first book by Castaneda when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And here I am seven years later. And he hands me this book and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, yeah. what's this book doing here? And I started reading the book, right?
0: Um, and the guy went away, right? You were telling me that the guy, you didn't yeah. know his name. You didn't know who the fuck he was. Like, yeah.
1: No, no. So we, so angels exist. Of course. what people think. Um, and totally. And show up through people in these very interesting ways. And but, yeah. um, and the other time was in Rome. You and I got to talk about that yeah. at, at another point. <laughs> But, a bunch but another of stories. another <laughs> another one of these situations, yeah, in Rome. Um but anyway, so the guy hands me the book and and I'm sitting there and I'm reading the book and I remember he looked at me at, at a certain point and um and I like looked up from the book because I was like what the fuck is this guy looking at, right? <laughs> uh, and I I mean I was all like
2: uh, weird yeah, out, like what the fuck? Totally,
1: right? <laughs> and and he looks at me and he says to me, he says, you know he says, when I look at you, he says, I see a chief sitting on top of a hill looking out over all of his people. And I was like, "Wow!" all right, dude, <laughs> back to my book, right? And <laughs> then, and then uh, they came and they got him, and they moved him out of the cell. I never mm-hmm. found out who he was or what. Yeah. But what really hit me with that book um, was this idea over and over and over again, right? 'Cause like Carlos is going through all his experiences with Don Juan, with his teacher, and and his teacher's telling him how he's basically created this world mm-hmm. <coughs> where all of his limitations are his own creation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. And and so what hit me was, dude, my life fucking sucks. <laughs> Because I made it that way. Yeah, it takes balls recognizing that. Yeah. And, and and at the same time, it was the most liberating thing yeah. right, ever. Because once I realized it, I was like, well, if my thoughts and my beliefs have created this reality, then my thoughts and my beliefs can create a very different reality. Yeah. Right? And the sky's the limit, right? And And I thought, like, okay, so what's the big lesson of that book? Right? To me, it was like, like, ¿por qué vale verga mi vida? Porque eres bien pendejo. <laughs> and, and so, like, yeah, you know, like the, the video series that, that I've been doing on Instagram is called The yeah. Process right? yeah. Pendejo, right? Oh, pendejo. And, well, that's and exactly, it connects yeah. to that. It connects it does, to, it, yeah. to that, that realization in my life at that point. Ponte but Verga. I was able to see it, exactly. I was able to see it from a distance perspective and see yeah. and realize, like, my beliefs are not who I am. right? Yeah. My circumstances are not who I am. My my history is not who I am, right? Who my family are is not who I am. Who the world Mm -hmm. has told me I am is not who I am. Yeah. And so over the next you know, month and a half in there, um I started visualizing what my reality would be. Yeah. So I came out of there, I went back to college. Within a year and a half, I had already um taught myself another language. I was on the dean's list at the university and I was in a program that was that was gearing me towards graduate school. Um two and a half years after that, I was living in Rio de Janeiro, training a martial art that I loved at that point. Um That's with awesome. a with a full paid ride to an Ivy League PhD. Um ah, damn, man. And and um, and so I went through all of that and then I went on to become Dr. Perez because I got my PhD from Brown University in 2011.
0: Wow. Um, I, didn't know, I, I, I didn't know that, bro. You didn't tell me that. That's, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah. I got my PhD in 2011 um, and I had a friend that when all this craziness happened, he, in my early 20s, he like totally split himself away from us in a group and he told me at one point, he was like, This is too fucking insane, man. I can't have anything to do with this anymore. Like, All right, dude. Because because I came out of that, that situation and I was super zen. And I kept telling people over and over again, the world's gonna change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what the fuck do you mean? Just watch. The world is gonna change. They're yeah. we like, and this guy specifically was like, Se le la canica. He was like, Oscar fucking lost it. Right? Yeah. So he was like, All right. <laughs> So after I finished my, my PhD in 2011, I got a contract to teach at Harvard for two years. And, and I taught there for one year, yeah. and then I left so that I could move out to California and create Tending the Fires, which is my organization. And wow. so I was on a, on a train from Rhode Island, from Providence, Rhode Island, to Cambridge, Massachusetts, that where Harvard is, um, when this friend of mine reached out to me on Facebook and he was like, dude, I haven't seen you in forever. How are you? What's going on? What's life about? And I was like, you remember how I told you 10 years ago that the world was going to change? He was like, yeah. I was like, I'm on my way to teach my class at Harvard University. Yeah. Exactly. See, the cat liked it. And, and I told him, I was like, I got my PhD from Brown. You know, at this point, I've traveled throughout South America and Europe. You know, I've learned two new languages since i knew you it's like and i'm just fucking getting started
0: that you're just getting started bro that the world needs to hear this and yeah. in a very similar way i taught myself english as well that's why sometimes sorry about the noise i don't know some of my it's all good. Things, i don't really hear it because of my this but i'm just hearing a baby crying some shit like that
2: like, shut the fuck up yeah. shit
0: anyway <laughs> <laughs> i cuss a lot and one funny story that I always tell, how I learned English is by watching the most ghetto films ever. I was watching Friday, the Hood movies, and that's why I was like, oh, shut the fuck up, bitch. That's why I talk like that. But,
2: yeah, I, also, awesome.
0: I, I taught myself German, Italian, and I, I also
2: right
0: I know a little bit of French, a little bit of Portuguese, I understand, uh, Portuguese, <laughs> right that's yeah. awesome. But Very that's cool. that, that's awesome, man. And and I don't. I mean, I don't want to take more of your time. I know that you and I can go on
1: and on and on and on because mm-hmm. it's so amazing. You have so much well, you, to share, bro. <clears throat> you know, Pablo. I I gotta say, like, that's one of the things when when I started seeing what you're doing and what you're putting out there. Yeah. We all have our unique medium, right? Our unique way of sharing yeah. our medicine, right? Um, and what shines through for me when i see what you're doing is exactly what you're talking about is that you are where you are because you have put the work in and you've had the heart to do it and it shows who you are and that is very rare and um and you know you telling me that you've taught yourself these different languages and you've done all these different things yeah man Chingones recognize chingones,
0: brother. <laughs> that's true. And truth and recognizes gotta, truth. That's true. That's, that's right. Chingon recognizes right. chingon. That's that. That's chingon. <laughs>
1: game. Game recognizes game, brother. Man, that's and, so uh, true. So thank you so much for letting me be on here, um, and and for reaching out, having this this conversation. Yeah, um, and I, I look forward to many, many more. I,
0: I, to, I, I also look forward to doing more of this stuff. Uh, if we can, I mean, there's so much, my mind is right now. It's just like thinking about so many things you can, we can do together. Cause I know that Absolutely. at least for my part, from my audience, the people that have been following me, I know that they're going to resonate with you like a motherfucker. You have no idea. And you're going to yeah. get a lot of new clients. I'm telling you already. <laughs> I already know that there's a lot of people that are going <laughs> to tell you like, hi hey, Oscar, can you teach me all this and all that? And it's pretty amazing. Working, well, you know what? All of you, man.
1: Well, um, okay. So they can follow me at Tending the Fires mm-hmm. on on Instagram. Um, if they want to reach out to me, they can either DM me through Instagram, or they can email me at oscar at dot com, and they can check out my website at tendingthefires.com. dot com.
0: Um, I will make sure to leave all that in the description with the podcast. I'm going to upload these on YouTube as well. It's going to be all over the place.
1: You're going to see Awesome. It. <laughs> awesome. I'm on, on YouTube too as TendingTheFires.com, but I just started – or TendingTheFires. I just started my YouTube channel, so um, so we can do all of that. And you know what? We got to – let's take some people to, to the mountains, man, to Teposland and do some work in Tepos around – around uh, all of this inner work, bringing it out. All this is this. the first time that I'm going to say it uh,
0: for, for the public. Only my students know this, but I'm working on a, on a project of building something over here in Mexico because there's a very powerful place uh, near Teotihuacan. And I'm going to be doing some seminars over there and I will be more than honored to have Beautiful. you there. And, you know, I'm just I'm doing events all the time. I'm doing events in, in LA. I mean, between LA and Mexico, as you know uh i'm doing events probably i always start doing events over here in mexico as well so yeah i think I, I think people will benefit a lot from your from your medicine and uh some, some something that i wanted to say because i'm like like you i never shut up <laughs> <laughs> you have something because dude, the moment i shut up like my throat starts hurting like ah i should have said something god damn it uh-huh. of course there's something that i like to call classic communication where you know you calibrate i mean I'm not right. going to be talking to an old lady and be like, fuck you, bitch. Oh, come on, come on. I know, right? <laughs> you have to calibrate, right? But uh, something sure. that you, you were saying about the cocoon and all this uh, beautiful analogy that you were speaking, I've been following a lot of, I'm getting my certification in yoga and all that, right? Uh, I've uh, following a lot of the yoga path, the yogi path, which is, that's how I connected with the Toltecayotl. It's the same shit, the same shit. Mm-hmm. Even in Toltecayotl, yeah. there's positions, asanas that you can yeah. do to connect with higher forces. So it was like, damn, it's the same shit. But following the path yoga came from, uh, from Adiyogi, you know, Shiva, mm-hmm. Shiva think people think that it's an entity. It's not, it's beyond words. And, uh, Shiva is the, the God of destruction, right? People think that it's that. And right. it, I, it connect, I resonated with your story so much, yeah. brother, so much, which was destroying a world an old world to create a new one. to create a new one and that's exactly Absolutely. what what we're doing that's exactly what you're doing i know that and i look forward to even even i want to work with, with you as well man so if i'm going to reach out to you i'm going to i'm going to do some healing with you as well cuz i'm always open you you learn so much stuff and one of the things that i don't mm-hmm. like about people is that i hate the word humble because the actual root of humility is bullshit i mean uh-huh. like the etymology of humility is like dude no uh-huh. I like saying another word like grounding yourself, connecting yourself, reconnecting yourself and all that. Right? I've been learning so much and all this and that and now I can do channel. I, I was taught how to channel spirits on that. Still, when I see you, I'm like, I'm just a little kid. I know nothing. I'm just a little bitch ass who knows nothing. <laughs> and I think that that's an ability that everyone needs to have in today's society. Everyone thinks they know when they don't know and they get lost. Even my own students, because they have YouTube, they have people like you on Instagram, they have blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, I know about that. I know about spirituality. Oh, I know about yoga. Man, you don't know shit. Right. You don't know right. shit. And even if you think you know, just like, uh, who was it, Succatrice? used to say that. Oh, uh-huh. The only thing I know is I know nothing, right?
1: Absolutely. Only
0: Absolutely. now that I'm 30 years old can I truly understand that, yeah, I know nothing. <laughs> and yeah. I, I want to learn from you, man. I want to learn from you. And, and if you have, at any point you want to learn about imagology I, the science of email. absolutely man, I i'm definitely here man do. To, to learn how to create your avatar within the matrix and all that that's pretty fucking awesome
1: <laughs> that's super awesome and yeah. and you've you've really opened my mind to the to seeing that in different ways and that's many conversations um to have yeah but we're gonna have it but yeah i really appreciate everything that you're that you're doing out there man and i can't wait thank to, you bro to be able to to meet in person, to be able to calibrate this. To we will. To be able to hit some focus mitts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, we we then, will meet. I already know yeah. this. Uh,
0: you know it. I, there's the energy yeah. cannot be denied. And, and we, we will meet. We'll be doing some crazy good shit. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, man, we can have so much to say. Something going <laughs> on right now. I don't want to take much of your time. But again, let's connect some other time and, and let's continue. Um, healing the world in our own path and uh got it before you i mean i i want to talk to you after we end this recorded uh, session i want to talk to you so don't leave please okay so uh for those that are listening to this and they're going to watch this on the youtube and so on thank you for being here this is the fashion matrix remember that i am pablo rivera Espinosa de los monteros that's right it's a long guy's name that's awesome <laughs> that's and awesome. uh uh this, spot, this podcast is uh, sponsored by Style Systems. Remember, it's an, an image business. We covered everything that has to do with image. Image is communication, is perception. Why do you understand what perception is? You understand that understanding image and working upon your image is literally working upon your own reality, man. It's pretty fucking amazing. So you can find me at, at Style Systems all over the place. Just go to Google, type in Style Systems, you will find it. And don't forget to follow my brother, Oscar, Tending the Fires. He's doing some phenomenal work. I'm going to work on that as well, and I will show you my my uh, my path on how he's working with me.
2: It's going to be pretty amazing. So thank you for being here, and I will hear you on the next one.